Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Kenny, you remember last week I told you about rivalries. And you don't yep. have to like your rival, but you have to respect him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, one of my rivals, Devin Jordan, played at Maslin. I like him and I respect him. And so when I wanted to get our next guest phone number, reach out to Devin Jordan. He gives me Kirk Barton's phone number, and we're happy to have him on the program right now. Former first-team All-American, first-team All-Big Ten with the Buckeyes. Got a fantastic podcast out as well. The one and only Kirk Barton joins the program. Pride of the Perry Panthers. What's up, brother? How are you guys doing today? We're doing great, man. You know, it's funny, too, because... So many times I've seen your podcast, or I've heard about it by my brother. He's a big Buckeye honk. And I want to take you back to the beginning of the season, and then we're going to end up with what you've been talking about the last couple of days now anyway. But I remember vividly, after the Indiana game, your breakdown of the offensive line, the Ohio State Buckeyes. What did you see then? How are they doing now? Well, I I saw a lot of anxiety and jitters. I guess a lot of guys making their first starts. I mean, there's some guys that are older, like Josh Fryer, um, you know, who hadn't played a lot. They played a, maybe started one game in their career. And, you know, I think they're progressing. You know, it's, it was kind of a nice season because the difficulty wasn't crazy to start. Like, we didn't have, like, that big you – know, we didn't open with Notre Dame, like, last year. We didn't open with a – you have a major team in the first three weeks. So, that was good. Um, obviously, you know, Notre Dame week four was a huge test, and we were able to pass that by about, you know, six inches. And, yeah, I think they're progressing. You know, they've, they've been able to stay healthy. Uh, I think they're playing better. I think the scheme has helped. I thought the scheme against Purdue was much better than it had been the previous weeks, just in terms of calling pure loser plays and a little bit more deception. Like, we ran the quarterback a few times. Uh, we ran the read option. I think all that helps the offensive line because, you know, sometimes the O-line gets blamed for stuff that they can't really control. If they've got, you know, eight men in the box and there's five offensive linemen and a tight end and they, you know, there's two guys mm-hmm. at the ball, then it's it's hard to counteract that with only five blockers. But I think that they're they're progressing nicely, but, you know, they, they still got to take another step as they get into Michigan. But they've got a little, not a lull, but Wisconsin isn't, like a, a superpower like they've been in the past. So I think that this, you know, with the quarterback getting hurt, um, this will be a nice test from at Camp Randall in a noisy environment. But, yeah, they still got a ways to go before they're ready to go against, uh, against Michigan. Hey, Kirk, it's Kenny Rohde here. Thanks for joining us. The running game, uh, it has really struggled. You just talked a little bit about the O-line. Can a speedier, faster, quicker back make that O-line look better? And if so, why aren't they playing Dallin Hayden more if uh, he might help? You know, that's, it, it was confusing to me because, like, a guy like Dallin Hayden, they're trying to redshirt him, but I can't – I don't think we've had a starting running back that was a redshirt senior since Boom Heron in, like, 2011, and we were not very good that year. So, at Ohio State, generally the, the template is, not, like, a, a good running back's out in three years. He's three and out going to the league, like Ezekiel, like J.K. Dobbins, like Beanie Wells. Um, so, I, I'm not sure why they're not playing him. I think that – Schematically, you know, you have to be diverse. I think that you have to also um, mix up your 
your tendencies on first down. We were a very heavy run against Penn State, and I think that teams clue in on that. And Penn State had a good front. You know, they had a good front seven, and it's tough. But I, I think that, you know, when you've got Marvin and a mech, you know, we'd have a mech last week, but like when you have Marvin and Carnell Tate and some of these guys, like you just got to feed them on first down and keep them off balance because, you know, we were almost too heavy run on first down and teams key on that, and they, they discover your tendencies and they load up on it. And sometimes it's, it's just tough to run. And plus, we don't have. We'd have Trey Henderson, who's our, you know, by far our best running back. And, uh, you know, Chip got sent to the shadow realm after he, he missed the pass protection and gave up the sacks. And we were with Mayan, who hasn't played a lot this year. So, you know, our backs decline precipitously when we don't have Trey Henderson um, and Chip in there. Because I think Chip's been really good. Um, you know, like I said, Mayan hasn't played great. He's been kind of in the doghouse. But, you know, I, I thought Dallin Hayden was probably our number two running back after watching all the guys play all year and, I'm not sure why they're redshirting him, just because I think that you know, he's not going to be around for a fifth year if he's any good anyways. He'll be off to the right. league. But that's a Ryan Day decision. It's not my decision. It's interesting to watch the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I have to talk about the defense because they've been playing, for the most part, lights out. So we, we still focus on the offense. And Kirk Barton is our guest right now, former All-Big Ten, All-American at Ohio State, knows a little bit about that team and what they try to do. I want to ask you about this quarterback, Kyle McCord. What are your thoughts on the QB? I, I think that, you know, he came into the season with the deepest skill positions, I think, maybe in Ohio State history. I mean, when you look at Marvin, Emeka, Colonel Tate, Brandon Ennis, Cade Stover, Trey Henderson, Chip, Trainum. I mean, you've got, like, literally two to three deep across the board. Uh, it's a luxury that we normally don't have. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of people thought he had to be a game manager and that type of guy, but he's really ripped some throws and uh, kind of came into his own against Notre Dame, against Penn State. Uh, you know, again, like there's, there's growing pains and, uh, the hardest part for him, you know, is he, he's held to the unrealistic standard of, of Justin Fields, CJ Stroud, Dwayne Haskins, guys that are top 20 picks, you know, and guys that are, I mean, you see, you know, it doesn't help that CJ Stroud is probably going to be the rookie of the year and he's absolutely crushing it with the Texans right now. Like that's kind of the standard that Kyle's held to. And it's not necessarily fair, but the standard is the standard, but I think he's, you know, he's growing, got two massive wins under his belt um you know with a lot of help from the defense and the running game uh and and i think he's been aided by you know an offensive line who's been kind of whipped a little bit but their their pass protection has actually been pretty good i mean for for some new guys you know a new left tackle from san diego state uh right tackle who made his you know second career start week one um the pass pro has been good the run blocking has not been great but you know sometimes you can't be great at everything and you know our pass pro has actually been pretty good versus uh some good fronts all right, Kenny, you ready to get into it? I believe Let's the podcast is at BuckeyeScoop.com, correct, Kirk? Yeah, if you just go on YouTube, um, you know, Buckeye Scoop, a lot of people tell me they watch on their smart TVs, so they just type in Buckeye Scoop, and they, they see our – we go live at 7 every night. So we always have – we had like 900 people watching last night, which was great. It was hilarious. So the awesome. video that's on the alleged cheating scandal at Michigan, is that from yesterday? Because it was sent to me like eight times today. Yeah, I, I think it was. You're talking about the one where they showed the sideline and they yes. look back play. That's that's actually a play where we scored a touchdown with the Mekic Buka in the first drive of the game. It was the last play of the first drive, but you know they show him looking back and they show, um, you know, the, the Stallions kid looking at the sideline and signaling pass right away, and then you see everybody else. You know, he's like pointing up at the sky, like mm-hmm. that's kind of the universal signal for pass for you know for a defense and. You know, and, and the D coordinator has, like, like I, I mentioned on BuckeyeScoop.com, our website, our message board that we use, that, you know, he had double muff uh, headphones on, which is kind of like if you wear, like, Bose noise-canceling headphones, like, you can't really hear anything when those are on. I've worn those before. 
Um, and so, like, it wasn't like he had a single muff where he took the muff off and he could hear the guy. But just knowing that it's a run versus a pass um, when they check is huge. And, you know, I mean, it didn't stop the Mech from scoring. But, you know, when you get enough plays where you can kind of figure out if it's a run or a pass or figure out if it's a, what side the run is, um, it can get really tough and really hairy. And I think, you know, for Ryan Day, it's kind of a learning lesson that, dude, you got to have a plan. If, the, if you think these guys are – if their defenses are a little too good to be true, then they probably got your signals and you probably got to – huddle or use other mechanisms to to avoid that because you can't just let them have what you're doing and then and then you just say well oh well they had our signals because that, that's like kind of the, the tough part right now like people are like well did, did you guys have like contingency plan because people get picked all the time in college football it's kind of like the dirty little secret but you got to have a way to deal with it when you know that it's going on Kirk, the reason I look at this and I think something's going on, my opinion, right? These are alleged uh, allegations right now, so we'll we'll wait uh, for for everything to come out. But you go from two and four in the COVID year, right, and to back to back Big Ten champions, and supposedly you're scouting not just your arch rival uh, illegally. Uh, you know, allegedly you're scouting everybody in, in the Big Ten to have an edge. Does like I say, where there's smoke, there's fire. Is that where you guys are, are thinking uh, as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this ends with Jim Harbaugh getting fired. I think that when you have, um, you know, I, I think that like you know they they probably did it and they figured out while well, this is a, just a gargantuan advantage in the in the play calling realm, uh, knowing the signals and. And the kid that you know, is at the center of this, the Stallions kid, he literally, you know, he's a he's a like kind of like one of those psycho fans, crazy fan, wanted to be the head coach at Michigan one day. So he he's trying to figure out a way to become valuable to Jim Harbaugh and the staff. And you know, I've been a graduate assistant, I've been a low level assistant at a at Ohio State, and like you know, like they're not going to ask for you, you know, your play designs or you know your play call ideas and that kind of stuff. So you got to figure out a way to be. Um, valuable, I guess. And so he figured, he's like, well, if I can figure out the signals, then that adds value. And then I could take it a step further and have this network of stringers that are scouting every game we play. And not only every game we play, but then every prospective playoff game that we could potentially play so that we have, you know, a leg up on, you know, Clemson or Tennessee or, you know, some of the places he sent, he sent people to. Um, and, and I think that he was just trying to get his foot in the door and, you know, he went way too far, but you know, I think I think that's what it was. He was overzealous, and again, it's you know, like when people are cheaters, like Jim Harbaugh's, you know, going to be found out to be a cheater because I mean, the the evidence and the in the electronic you know data that they can trace with the tickets, you know, if there's payments, if there's, um, you know, I don't know if they paid him back in cash when he bought these tickets. Like, it's going to be pretty bad when they when all this comes up because that's the thing is like every day there's going to be a little bit more that comes out. Like today, the SI article came out that was pretty in depth, and I I just think that. You know, once you're into the mode of, I can only call plays with signals, you know, with the signal stolen, that's all you want. You always want the stolen signals. And, you know, so I, I think that, you know, the, the, their rise over the last two years isn't some coincidence when they're recruiting the same. The staff is largely the same, you know, other than some guys that moved on. And uh, they, they magically became this juggernaut, like the old mid-90s Michigan uh, and they hadn't been that. And they, I mean, they were going to run Jim Harbaugh out of town, and now he's like the toast of Ann Arbor. So it, it'll be very interesting to see what, what comes of it. But I, I just I can't see him surviving this. Kirk Barton is our guest right now. You can check out his podcast at BuckeyeScoop.com. It's on every night. You can find it anywhere online. All you have to do is Google it. Uh, this allegedly started off, Kirk, from a low-level staff, low staffer, they said. 
So mm-hmm. the whole thing starts back into he wasn't just stealing signs. They were actually were they videotaping? Were they scouting? Is scouting illegal in college football? Yeah, it is illegal. Like if I wanted to send, you know, if I was the head coach at Ohio State and I wanted to send Kenny on the road to scout Michigan State, you know, who we play next week, or or you know, Michigan State or Rutgers, or if I said, okay, Kenny, I want you to go watch the Rutgers game that they're playing this weekend, I can't send him there and have him sit there with his iPhone and record their signalers. That that was made illegal, basically as a way of protecting the have-nots because if you did make that illegal, then teams like Ohio State and Georgia and Bama that have infinite money could send, you know, 10 guys to every, you know, prospective opponent and get a full scouting report, you know, every week. But, you know, schools that are less, like, you know, Akron and Kent, the schools that don't have the budget, they couldn't do that. So they made it illegal in 94. And I, I think that, you know, it's wise, but, you know, this kid was trying to figure out an edge, you know, and it was, floppy and you know there's a lot of you know the thing is like with with modern ticketing as you guys know if you guys go on the browns and Cavs games and whatever like paper tickets don't exist anymore mm-hmm. all tickets are through apps and through Ticketmaster and download this and scan this barcode and whatever so yeah you know, the paper trail is almost magnificent when you look at where you know where he's sending people and how he's transferring tickets and you know it'll just be interesting to see how much um kind of unfolds yeah it's com- what he did was completely illegal and that's kind of what the whole outrage outrages and you know most of this came from Vegas. I mean Vegas mm-hmm. were the whistleblowers on this thing and there's a couple of big time analytics guys that are big in gambling and they you know they study numbers and numbers are basically undefeated when it comes to gambling and they figured out like yo know, something really is wrong here or different. So you know there's yeah. some analytics guys that went to uh, the NCAA and that's where all this kind of stirred up and uh, it's, it's kind of a fascinating story. Yeah, it really is, and it goes back to the Astros, right? They found a way to cheat, and hey, they've been in seven, seven straight American League Championship Series. They won a title, didn't get it stripped. They had to fire their coach, but they didn't care. They won, and they're still um, probably finding another way to uh, to get over it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy the way it is. Hey, so uh, before we we let you go on this, I'm curious because later on in the show, we're going to have another uh, former Perry Panther offensive lineman on with us, the current head coach at Perry, Zach Slate. So in an Oklahoma drill, who's winning, Kurt Barton or Zach Slate's going head-to-head? Oh, Zach, he's boy. (laughs) Zach's like a 6'2". Zach's built for the Oklahoma drill. He'd, He'd absolutely win that. Oh, that we love yeah. having him on, and uh, they're in the playoffs, and they're going to try and knock off Lake yeah. this week and pull off the upset in the playoffs, uh, Kirk. So uh, we'll, we'll tell him you said hello and, and give him uh, some props. All right? And, and yeah, last thing, good luck, good luck to those Panthers. They did, yeah, I mean they didn't avenge that loss to Lake a few weeks ago, so that's always good to see see a team that beat you a few weeks ago back uh, a couple weeks later in the playoffs. So that'll be good for those guys. Let me ask you one last thing as it pertains to that team up north uh, before we let you go. If they were, if the NCAA, would this come down as an NCAA violation? Would they relieve him of his duties? Would the university have to relieve him of his duties? And if he were relieved, then what? What do you do? You go to another assistant that probably knows the same stuff that he did? Yeah, I mean, see, that's the hairy part is like, you know, if you relieve Jim Harbaugh, and I I fully expect him to get terminated with cause, is that, you know, Sharon Moore is the guy that'd be the number one candidate, the offensive coordinator who's been dynamic, but he's like holding the, the sheets. I mean, it's like, how far down do you go? <laughs> is there a bull band this year? I mean, I, I just, here's what I'll say. Like I've been following college sports for probably about as long as you guys have 30 years or whatever. And 
But the last like five to ten years, there's been this like shift where when the winds of of bad start flowing and, and you get this PR hit, like you saw it with Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, saw it with Mel Tucker at Michigan State, you saw it with Jim Trussell at Ohio State in 2011. Like when when stuff starts to kick up and the university is worried about the PR hit, it's like they do that you know they do that move where it's like a preemptive strike where they get rid of the head coach and then it kind of kills the whole narrative and the whole story. Cause they could say, well, we fired Jim Harbaugh. We fired Jim Trussell. We fired, I mean, Pat Fitzgerald, who, you know, was like the Archie Griffin of Northwestern. They fired him because of allegations and, you know, they don't wait for court. They don't wait for, you know, due process. You know, when the public opinion gets the swirling, all of a sudden, like these, these, these university people that all have the same PR firms, they just say, you know what, we're going to cut the head off the snake, and that's that, and then we'll just let the chips fall where they may. And I, I just can't see Michigan. You know, and the thing about Jim Harbaugh is there's a lot of people at Michigan that hate him, you know, and really the only thing that's keeping him employed is the fact that they're undefeated and you know, top two or three school in the country right now you know, in football. So, you know, if they were two and five right now, there wouldn't be a conversation here already being gone, but they're in the middle of a season where they could win a national title. So it makes it a lot more sketchy in terms of, just getting rid of him and basically ending the season. Lack of institutional con- control, right, Kirk? Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's what it would come wow. down to, and that's why Harbaugh, like he said, if uh, this is proven Great to be uh, accurate, uh, he would probably uh, more than likely lose his job. Hey, Kirk, thanks for reach- or, uh, coming out. Uh, and joining us today here on the Kenny and JT Show. And keep up the great work with the podcast. Give our listeners, uh, again, where they can find this podcast on a regular basis. Yeah, we've got our premium message board, BuckeyeScoop.com. And then if you guys have off the podcast, it's on YouTube. Um, so just search for Buckeye Scoop. It's Scoop, like a scoop of ice cream, S-C-O-O-P. Uh, but we go every night at 7 live, and it's it's always a blast. We break down film, usually, usually Saturday, Sunday, Monday after the games. We'll break down five to ten plays a night um, with a telestrator and kind of see what Ohio State's trying to do. So uh, the audience has been fantastic. So we appreciate you guys both so much. Thank you for letting me plug that. And uh, thank you guys. Big fan of the show. And um, I'm around anytime you guys need me. Thank you. Sounds great. We'll reach out to you again. And here's hoping uh, they get a victory over Wisconsin and we set up that big showdown with or without Jim Harbaugh the last game of the season. Absolutely. Thank you, fellas. Appreciate you. All right. Kirk Barton joining us here. Perry grad, Ohio State grad, uh, was in the NFL and now has his own podcast. You can listen to it. You can watch it. Great stuff from him. And, and he thinks, he said, he thinks Harbaugh's going to get whacked uh, by, uh, by by the school. Yeah. Ow. <laughs>